Hey, this is Adam Penapinto. I'm the pastor here at Hope Covenant Church, and I'm so glad that you're joining with us today. Whether this is your first time listening or you're a part of our Hope Covenant Church family, we would love to connect with you via social media on all social media outlets or on our website, hopecovenant.cc. I hope this word encourages, inspires, and challenges you in your daily walk with God as we dig deeper into his word. Let's jump right into today's message. Hope Covenant, would you put your hands together and welcome those that are watching online. Perhaps you're listening on the podcast. It's an honor to have you with us this morning. We say it every week. If you're ever in the Charlotte area, stop by and we'll make you feel right at home. And here's what I want everybody to do this morning. I want everybody to take a deep breath and breathe out. Exhale, because this message is called the stress solution. And uh, I was asked earlier, what does that have to do with the price of soup? Like, why would you speak on this subject? How many of you know that we're living in a day and an hour that is much different today than it was 50 years ago? Yeah, we're not in Mayberry anymore. There's a country song all about that, and I've said it, referenced it before. We're living in a different day, and we're living in a different hour, and there are a lot of stresses, and there are a lot of pressures, and one of the things that I've been asked by many of you is, hey, can you speak on how to deal with this? I've actually been asked that question, and so I wanted to address this topic as I'm watching many families that are going through things, and I want to give everybody a little report um, before I get right into the word this morning that Liz and I, we did fly to Detroit this this week, and many of our families are probably watching online from, from Michigan uh, around the Lansing area, or St. John, I believe, is where we were, and uh, so we did another uh, celebration of life service for Sue Favor, and man, it was awesome. Can we give God a shout of praise? There was 20 rededications to the Lord. And wow, I'll fly anywhere for 20 rededications. It was amazing. There was a lot of people there, and we were just really blessed. We Guys, we love you guys. We miss you guys, and we're excited for you to come home next week. If you don't, I'm going to quit. Just know that. So you need to come back next week. Um, joking, not joking. But why are we so stressed? The words I'm stressed is something you hear people confess out of their mouth a lot. And I always encourage you, make sure you watch your confession, because what you say out of your mouth you are, you might become that very thing. And so I encourage you to watch your confession when you're dealing with things. Maybe you switch, I'm stressed to I'm blessed or something. You know, you just say something a little different than what you're feeling in the moment. No, seriously, because I can wake up in, in the morning and say, you know, I'm just in a bad mood this morning. Or, I, you know, I can feel it coming already. And you're literally laying out the trajectory for the rest of your day. You're laying out the narrative. So I want to I encourage you to be careful with your confession. Watch your confession. But you hear this generation saying that a ton. And like I, I look at my grandfather's generation and I go, they would never have said that. Even if they were, it was like suck it up buttercup. It was a different day that that generation lived. There was just a, a, a toughness and an ability to cope with life that they had. And I, I understand with every generation comes anointings. And I believe that we have a very touchy-feely generation. And there's a good thing that can come with that. But I also believe that our greatest strength can always be our greatest weakness. And so I want to talk to a generation, by the way, a generation, in case you're wondering, well, what age group is he speaking to? If you've got a heart beating in your chest, welcome this morning. That's, that's you that I'm talking to. Back in the day, you didn't hear former generations talking about this. You hear it a lot today. And I want to say that there's a lot of factors that contribute to that. It's the three factors that are the main things that contribute to stress are money, work, and family. 
Those are like the three majors. And I'm, I said money first because oftentimes money is the biggest stressor that, that we often deal with and financial pressure. I know in marriage counseling class, when I was learning how to, how to counsel families, they were like, hey, just so you know, money's going to be like one of the first topics you'll hear that creates tension and can actually lead to divorce if families are not careful. And I want to talk about how to make sure that we're careful and how to increase our capacity to deal with things that come at us. The top three factors, money, work, and family. And it is always a challenge to balance and navigate stress. And then you throw in, you've got inflation right now. You've got society and and, and moral decline. And Liz and I, when we were just in Detroit and we were looking around at the city, we were like, oh my Lord, this city needs prayer. It needs needs breakthrough. There's just a lot of things you could feel, that you could feel the tension and the oppression over the city. And you'll feel different things in different cities carry different strongholds, but we noticed that, and, and I thought, my, my Lord, this is exactly what I'm talking about this week, and you may be thinking, so Adam, how do I make all the stress just go away? How do I make it go away? And, uh, you know, I want to say this, that stress spelt backwards is actually desserts, so just go ahead and go and eat something, and you'll be fine. It'll make it all go away. My, my recommendation is just go eat something. Literally, um, I don't know if you've ever heard that before, but literally, I'm giving you a pictorial there on the screen. It is true. It's stress spelled backwards is dessert. So uh, anyway, so the Holy Spirit, come on back. You need to know that God never promises that stress is going to be omitted. In fact, he tells us the opposite in scripture. When you read it, scripture prepares us that there's going to be trials and tribulations and things thrown at us. And so I want to encourage you that we're not talking today about eliminating stress. We're talking about how to ready our spirit, soul, and body that we can be in a position that no matter if our God is for us, what can stand against us? So, you know, is this message suck it up buttercup? No, this message is get yourself in a position where you're prepared for the things that we're going to walk through. Because I said this a couple weeks ago when I was talking about the end time. We were in an end time series talking about the return of Jesus was the actual title of it. I was talking about the dark day that we're living in and that it's not going to get any better. In fact, scripture says it's actually going to get even more dark as we approach the return of the Lord. But we can prepare ourselves because you, were, you are not here by mistake in this day and this hour. God ordained it for each of us that we are living and breathing and active today. You are anointed for today. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. So if you think that you're in this generation by accident, believe it or not, God didn't mess up. The definition of stress is is pressure on an object that determines its ability or capacity before it begins to break. So if I took a water balloon, and you've probably seen this, or many of you have probably, if you're if you've got any redneck in you at all, which I, I feel like I've got a little bit, they have these like rubber bands that they would put on the watermelon and they put another one and another one and another one and another one until it explodes and goes everywhere. Did anyone ever see that video? Yeah, you're familiar with that? Well, because the watermelon has each watermelon has a certain amount of stress that it could take before it breaks and it busts. Well, the same is true for us. I'm just giving a little pictorial. I don't have a watermelon, and I'm not making a mess this morning. Sorry about that. Some of you would probably love that. But when you're dealing with something greater than your capacity, you begin to break down. And that's often what we're seeing. And that's why I encourage you to spend time in the presence of the Lord all the time, 
because that's the remedy and we're going to get there. I've got bad news and I've got a lot of good news this morning. The bad news is that in this life, pressure isn't going anywhere. Pressure isn't going to stop. And, and if that's the message you wanted to hear, I'm sorry about that. But the good news that I can give you is that God's word gives us the ability to increase our capacity and our ability to handle stresses and pressures of this world. And Paul, who's one of my heroes, the Apostle Paul, which, by the way, you hear men of God all over the place today saying they want to be apostles. <laughs> and it's funny to me because really when you read about Paul's life, he was imprisoned and shipwrecked and all of these things that he had to go through. It's like, do you really want to be an apostle? No, thanks. I'll pass on that one. I mean, if that's the call God has in your life, cool. I do believe in apostles and prophets. I believe in the fivefold. I believe in all of that. But I do need you to know that, man, Paul went through some stuff and he He's my hero because Paul talks a lot about endurance and pressing through. And man, you want to read about stress on somebody's life? Just study Paul's life. My Lord, stressful as could be. But scripture gives us the the ability that our our capacity and our endurance, it can increase. And Jesus said this in, in John 16, verse 33, I've told you all this. So that you may have peace in me. How many of you know when you're stressed, you're lacking peace? But Jesus says, you can have peace in me here on earth. You will have many trials and sorrows. In other words, pressure and stress is going to happen. But take heart because I've overcome the world. So the authority... And the one who designed us has already overcome. So by the word of our testimony, by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, we can cling on to Jesus in the middle of no matter what we're dealing with. God is saying, I can help you be an overcomer in the middle of stress and, and pressure and trials because that's guaranteed to happen. When everything seems crazy and upside down and you can actually persevere through that, Jesus is saying, take heart. I'm right here. I'm right here to help you. I want to give you two stories, one out of the Old Testament and one out of the New Testament. In the Old Testament, Moses is bringing the children of Israel out of Egypt. By the way, most scholars believe that Moses, when he was bringing, he was, he was leading the children of Israel out of the, the imprisonment and the captivity they were in with Egypt, that scholars actually believe that number is somewhere in between three and four million people that Moses was leading out of Egypt. That, that's a big number of people to lead, four million I mean, I'm just trying to pastor a church right now that we're church planning, and, and I'm going, as it's growing, there's a lot of things to lead, and the stress and the pressure can come on. This man led four million people, and I want to, I want to talk a little bit more about what he dealt with. But he was leading them out of Egypt into what is today modern-day Israel. And these people have a lot of issues. There's a lot of fighting and a lot of disputes that are, that are happening. There's a lot of stress and a lot of pressure as they're leaving uh, captivity and headed following Moses into a position of freedom. And basically, Moses was the lone judge, Scripture says, over their disputes. So, like, while they're traveling and, you know, there's fire by day and fire by night and they're setting up tents and all this stuff and breaking them down and moving and following the direction of the Lord. And, and, and basically what's happening here is when they would break, Moses would have a line of things that he had to deal with with all of these people that were coming in. And his father-in-law Jethro says, hey, Moses, all, there's four million people here, whatever the number is. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing. He says, you're dealing with all of these people that are lining up. And he says, you, you're not doing this right. 
And, and so let's, let's look at that. In Exodus 18, verse 17 to 18, and I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere here. Exodus chapter 18, verses 17 to 18. Moses' father-in-law said to him, what you're doing is not good. Okay, and I want to say to some of you guys as your pastor today, I want to pause and I want to be Jethro in your life and say, some of you, what you're doing right now is not good. That's why some of y'all are dealing with the stress you're, you're dealing with. Because if you don't change your situation, your situation is not going to change. I know that wasn't very profound, but at the same time it is. If we keep doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results, that's the definition of insanity. You've all heard that before. Verse 18, you and the people will certainly wear yourselves out for the thing is too heavy for you. The thing is too heavy for you. You're not able to do it alone. I want to encourage some of you that are here today that what you're carrying might be too heavy for you and you certainly need the person that's sitting next to you. Look at the person next to you say, I need you. Yeah, we're not supposed to do this alone. After this, he, he says it, it, the pressure didn't get removed, but he gave them a better way to handle the pressure. He showed Moses later that he needed people to assist with the load of all of these things that they were dealing with. You can imagine it's like a city that's moving, this, this camp that's moving, all these issues. And so there's like this governmental system that basically Jethro is saying, you need to, you need to delegate, get some leaders here to help you with this and, and spread the load. And I want to encourage you guys with that today because I'm trying to personify this in a situation that you might, how many of you, you can say even this week, man, I dealt with stress. Because I got both hands up. I just have a microphone in one hand. I, like, I would have my legs up if I could too. <laughs> I'm just letting you all know. I mean, it's been a week. And by the way, when I speak on a subject, I seem to always get attacked in the very subject I'm speaking. Because how many of you know, the enemy knows. He knows. He knows. But we're going to increase capacity so we can deal with it. Amen? So and then he said this, and I want to say this to you, church, today by the Spirit of God. He says in Exodus 18, 23, if you do this, everybody say, if I do this, God will direct you and you will, everybody say, will, will be able to endure and all this people also will go to their place in peace. So he gives them the, he gives them the remedy right there. He's like, Hey, if you do these things, you delegate, you, you kind of spread the load. Okay. If you do this, he says, God will direct you and you will be able to endure. And it guys, if you adjust some things you're dealing with, you will be able to endure and then you'll have peace. Yes. I mean, that's like a great verse. I, I'm, I'm going to probably put that on my fridge. I love it. Jesus said this in Matthew 11, verses 28 to 30. He says, come to me. So the first step is take it to Jesus. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. How many of you, you came here this morning, you were like, I need Starbucks right now in Jesus' name. Amen, I feel weary. Yes, Starbucks isn't the answer. Believe it or not, Jesus is. doesn't say go to Starbucks, all you who are weary. No, come to me and I will give you rest. Guys, I'm preaching to myself here this morning. <laughs> yeah, somebody in the back was like, amen. Now I know that's right. As I had a Starbucks cup greeting people this morning. He says, take my yoke. Do you guys know what a yoke is? 
You're like in the middle of the egg. That thing, no, no. Let me explain to you what a yoke was. A yoke was a thing that was custom fit for an ox back in the day. It was, it was a piece of wood that would go around an ox's neck that was custom fit for that ox, and it had two rings, and they would put rope through them, and that would keep them in sync in whatever direction they were going. But th- what was amazing about the yoke was being custom fit. It was designed to not injure the ox, but simply God the ox. I'm preaching better than y'all are shouting at me this morning, okay? Because like, there's revelation you already got when I said that. So he says, my yoke, this thing that helps keep you in step with me, it's not going to hurt you. It's going to help you. It's easy when you do things God's way. It's easy when you keep in step with God. It's easy. It is good because it's scripture. It's the word of God. It's life. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I love the Passion Translation. It says, are you weary? Are you carrying a heavy burden? I love this right here. I feel like I'm in Hawaii. Come to me. I'll refresh your life for I am an oasis. I'm, I am the island of Fiji. What, you know, I, I, mean, I love this. Simply join your life with mine. Go on vacation. Come to me. Learn my ways. And you'll discover that I'm gentle, humble, and easy to please. And you will find, oh my gosh, it's almost like worship was prophetic because we just talked about this. You will find refreshment and rest in me. So Woo! I'm there. Let's go. Let's go. Get me on the first flight. Simply join your life with mine, learn my ways, and you'll discover that I'm gentle, humble, and easy to please. You'll find refreshment in me. For all that I require of you will be pleasant and easy to bear. Can we give God an amen right there? So I want to give you some biblical solutions and ingredients. This is a short, easy message. I'm going to give you five of them. Some ingredients for peace and perseverance that will help you get through difficulties and, and issues and stress. I want to give you some things that no matter what comes our way, we can stand and be okay. Isn't that a good word? So here's five things that will help you stand during times of difficulty and stress. And the first one is our capacity increases when we allow our bodies and our minds to recover. It's important that we do that, that we allow our bodies and our minds to recover. I was dealing with an issue. You can ask Liz. She witnessed it. I was talking about Starbucks. There is a little bit of good in Starbucks. And I said to her, I said, babe, I, I left the hotel room. I said, I just need to clear my head. I will be right back. What was I doing? Our, I was increasing my capacity by allowing my body and my minds to recover. It wasn't even just about the coffee that I have an addiction to. Joking, not joking. It was about the, I had a minute to myself to clear my head. You'll ask the band. I get in my car every Sunday. I pre-order Starbucks, and I go and I get Starbucks right as soon as we're done with, with sound check, and they go grab coffee. We all do it. What are we doing? We're resetting our minds and allowing them to recover because I'm dealing with details and this and that and order of service and this person and that person. I know I'm just going to get away and say, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Come flood this place and fill this atmosphere. That's what I do on that drive. I don't answer my phone on that drive. It goes off. It's me and Jesus because I can't lead you where I haven't been. That's why I, oh, that was good. It was free. Some of you need to go sit and grab a cup of coffee and clear your mind. Some of you need to block time for family, have family time, have spouse time, have you time, have me time. Women, go get a pedicure and a manicure, pastor's orders. All the women are like, yes, and amen. I might go with you. I'm all about that life. Just saying. Metro for Jesus. 
Some of you need boundaries with your smartphones. That text can wait. Some of you need to flip the phone over when you're eating dinner and you're constantly distracted and go, you know what? This is a part of what's stressing me out. Or for the love of God, put your phone on silent because none of us want to hear it either. Everybody said amen. That group text, leave the conversation. And amen, Jesus. Come on now. And then I've, t- I've talked about this. I did a whole message about this, so I'm not going to go deep into this. But some of you really need to take a Sabbath and keep it holy. You're not having a full day where you don't work, and it's not healthy. I pastor a church, and that's easy to do with a lot of people that have a lot of problems. But you know what? Your problem is not greater than my, my walk with Jesus. I'm sorry, y'all. I love you. But there's going to be a day where you just say, it's usually Mondays. So you just are not going to get me on the phone that day. I'm just, and I, I, yeah, I love you, but just cling to Jesus that day, okay? It's going to be all right. But a journalist by the name of Johan Hari, who studies psychology, and he's, he was kind of a public guy, he said this, and I love this because this is huge. We need to talk less about chemical imbalances and more about the imbalances in the way that we live. That is hugely profound. In other words, we need to stop writing prescriptions for depression and get people into learning rhythms of life and how to do things like getting an eight-hour night of sleep, drinking lots of water during the day. You go up. Is this a spiritual message? Yes. Spirit, body, and soul, right? We talked about that last week. You can't keep, listen, when you're dehydrated, it alone can do some things to you. So it's important that we take care of the temple. We don't need medicine. We don't need to medicate. We need to initiate a lifestyle so that we can endure. Exodus 20 verses 9 to 10. You have six days in which to do your work, but the seventh day is a day dedicated to rest. It's dedicated to me. That's, That's scripture right there. In other words, hey, that's not optional. That's why it says keep it holy. If you don't do that, it's unholy. You hearing me? Yes. You need to recover. To prove this isn't just Old Testament stuff, let's look to Hebrew 4, verses 9 to 11. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God, for anyone who enters God's rest also enters rest from their works, just as God did from his. So in other words, if it's not too big for God, it needs to be not too big for you. If God took a rest, you need to take a rest, unless you're better than God, and then that's pride, and that'll get you kicked out of heaven, so we don't want to do that. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will die by following their example of disobedience. Right there, it says it's disobedience when you don't do it. You have to eliminate the things that are toxic and the things that suck life out of you and ask God to help you refocus and take on the things that we need to eliminate and let go of. There's things you need to ask God. You need to just take it to God and say, Lord, what things am I doing now that maybe was something that was for yesterday and I need to let it go? I'll give you an example. Can I give you a practical example? I used to vacuum this room every twice a week myself when I was church planning because that's how sexy church planning is. I used to do it every week. I recently told my CFO and my, my board, I ain't doing it anymore because it's sucking. It's not that I'm too good to vacuum. It's that I got to start to let something. Jethro told me that ain't good. So I got to let some things go so that I can increase my, so I can spend more time with you guys instead of pushing a vacuum around. It's not that it's too good for me. It's not a pride thing. It's that I got to let some things go. And so I want to encourage you to survey. I'm giving, trying to give you practicals. I always try to bring scripture on down. 
The second thing is our capacity increases when we know who we are. You got to know who you are as a son or a daughter in the Lord. We gain confidence when we know that, that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, that's our, that's our Papa Bear up there. When you don't know who you are, you begin to believe the narratives that others define for you, and that leads to stress. Anybody ever have anybody tell you what to do? And you go, that ain't God. And, and you know what? By the way, can I just tell you, the enemy doesn't use people just that are distant from you. He'll use the people that are closest to you. Yeah. It's not that they're evil people. They mean good. But good is not always God. And so I want to encourage you to check yourself that you're doing the things that you know you're supposed to be doing and eliminate the things you know you're not. Eleanor Roosevelt says, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. So when there's smack talked about you and your identity is under attack, nobody can make you feel inferior without your consent. If you know who you are in Christ, it's going to be all right. So that will lead to stress right there. If you don't, lack of clarity in your identity is one of the leading causes of depression. That's a statistical fact. That's a fact right there. When you're secure in who you are, the most confident people, you ever see the pretty girl that walks in the room or the, the good-looking guy that walks in the room and you immediately, they get sized as like arrogant, but they're not arrogant, they're confident. Guys, we need to know the difference there are, between confidence and arrogance. Confidence is a good thing, arrogance is not. Statistics say that people who have the least stress are the most confident in their destiny. Galatians 6, verses 4 to 5, each one should test their own actions. They can take pride, this is a godly pride, in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else, for each one should carry their own load. Some of you have the wrong narratives in your head, and that's what's causing you stress right now. You need to get rid of the narrative that's in your head right now, some of you. And know your identity, find your identity in Jesus. Our capacity, number three, increases when we know what we were created to do. And you can't know what you're created for until you know who you are. That's why I hit on identity first. Once that's established, then you can discover your purpose. That's why we have no God, like encounter God, find freedom, discover your purpose, so that you can then go and do it because you you're going to make a difference once you know what your purpose is. That's why we have an order to our vision here at this church. And the happiest people aren't the people without problems. The happiest people are people that have purpose. That's, right. That's a true story. That's right. You watch people that have purpose and know what they're called to, know what their giftings are, know who they are, and they're, putting, they're, they're going for it. That's why I encourage you to find your dream and go for it. What has God created you for? Because you will flourish and your stress will diminish when you are a fish in water doing what you're made to do. The apostle Paul said, I'm hard pressed on every side, but it doesn't bother me. Paul knew his purpose. Paul received death threats. Again, I told you he was imprisoned and tortured and shipwrecked, but Paul had his eyes fixed on his purpose, and he endured, and he pressed through it. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 10 to 11, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. I love that verse. And if you, re you will receive a rich welcome into eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But I want to I caution you that your calling has a competitor. Yeah, it does. 
There's distractions. In fact, I was just counseling with some people that know me well. I just had a distraction that was thrown my way. They immediately identified it as a distraction. And I said, I need to check with the Lord to make sure that I know this is a distraction. And as soon as I pulled close to Jesus, he went distraction within the first four hours of the issue that came. Well, maybe a little more than that first 24 hours. But there are going to be things that are going to come your way that look good, but they're not God. And you need to be cautious. You do not want to birth an Ishmael. I'll go in. That's another message for another time. You want to make sure that you're doing what God has intended for you right now. Nothing more and nothing less. I actually pray that every Sunday on the way. Liz hears me say, Lord, I want to say and do nothing more and nothing less than exactly what you have destined for me. Some of you need to pray that. You go, what if I make a wrong turn? You know, God is so gracious. Don't worry, but just ask the Lord to direct you. He'll do it. But be on alert. There are things that are going to try to steal your time, and, and you need to be investing in your calling. Your calling has a competitor. Our iPhone is oftentimes one of the competitors. Ecclesiastes 4, verse 6, better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. In other words, you need to make sure my dad used to call this during leadership meetings scope creep. He used to hire us to do, uh, I worked for my dad, so he would hire the pastoral staff to do certain things, and we would end up taking all these things that had nothing to do with our jobs, and he would go over our job description and say, okay, this is gone, this is gone, this is gone, and this is gone. It's called scope creep. Let it go. That's not what I hired you to do. And some of y'all need to go in your jobs tomorrow. And look at your job description and go, I think I've got a little scope creep. Or perhaps that creep is what's happening. It's not a creep. Maybe it's, it's, it's creeped in. Something that's, that's gotten in that you're looking at it and you're going, oh, I actually feel like this is a part of my calling. And have a conversation with your supervisor or your boss and say, you know, maybe I need to let these things go because I'm doing these things. And it naturally feels like it's who I am because it's what you're called to. And, and so God made a way for that, perhaps. So you got to look at it like that. We need to stay focused, and it helps eliminate unnecessary stresses. The fourth thing is our uh, capacity increases when we are supported by others. And guys, this is why I encourage you, and those that are watching online, I, I love the fact that we have online abilities, but if, if you're not here in regular attendance, so if you are, just go ahead and omit this comment, because I know we have a lot of families traveling today. But for those of you that are just watching online out of convenience, and you're not here, and I know some of you personally... I love you, but that's why I encourage you to come back and get in fellowship. Those of you that are listening on the podcast, I encourage you to be, because there's something that happens when we talk to other people in the middle of things that a simple hug eliminates stress. Are you guys with me? Isolation is one of the leading causes of depression. I won't go long on this, but we just came out of COVID where they were talking about social distancing, and I hated that term, social distancing. I was okay with physical distancing. I'm still okay because some of y'all need a tic-tac, so I'm still okay with that. But social distancing, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just saying it like it is. You know, like just a little bit of prayer. You ever have somebody who doesn't know your personal place? They're like right here. You're like, if you were any closer, we would be kissing. Just take one step back. We'll be all right with that. You should be in real, y'all. But isolation and not being with other people is one of the leading causes of depression. Ecclesiastes 4 Verses 8 to 12, there was a man all alone, and he had neither son nor brother, and there was no end to his toil. 
Yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. So he, was, he had money, but that wasn't doing it. For whom I am toiling, he asked, and why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? This, is, this too is meaningless, a miserable business. So what he, he wasn't even happy with what he was doing because he had nobody. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. In other words, we need each other. We need the church. We need worship. We need to be in a place where we're in community and in fellowship and iron sharpening iron. We need those things. Johan Hari, another quote, he says, don't be you. Don't be yourself. Be us, be we, be part of a community. What he's not saying is don't be who God created you. He's not saying that. What he's saying is we were designed, God gave Adam Eve because he recognized that man could not be alone. So we need each other. And we need people that we trust that we're in fellowship with. This, I, this one, I want to like underline it. We need people that we trust. You need to have people that you can call, that you know that conversation ain't going anywhere. You, it stops there, that you can trust and you can confide in and open up with. And then the last one, and I'm wrapping up right here, our capacity increases when God is helping us. And this is the, mo- the fifth point is the most important. God isn't your friend first. I want to I want to underscore this because this is what's going to eliminate stress. He is our friend, but he's not your friend first. He's Lord first. Yes, right. And when you have that in order, man, it'll nip stress in the bud. Yeah. I'm going to go there. God is the prince of peace. Prince in the Hebrew means sar, the one in charge. He's Lord, he's chief, he's general. And God can't help you until he's in control. How can God help us if we haven't surrendered our life to him? Prince in Hebrew means shalom, rest, tranquility, wholeness, completeness, and contentment. You can't have peace until he's Lord. Very simply right there. Sar shalom. You need to make him Lord. That's why I encourage you, say everybody wants a savior, but when I have to surrender and now he's the boss, that's, that gets a little challenging to my flesh, but man, it'll make your spirit thrive and you'll have peace and wholeness and completeness and contentment. In other words, stress goes away when he's Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Psalms 4 verse 8, in peace I will lie down and sleep for you alone, Lord, there it is, make me dwell in safety. You alone, Lord. You alone, guy who's boss of my life. Psalms 29, verse 11, the Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord, the one who's in charge, there it is again, blesses his people with peace. When he's Lord, you gain peace. There it is. Acts 10, verse 36, this is a message of good news for the people of Israel, that there is peace with God through Jesus Christ. Here it is again, who is Lord of all. In other words, he's in charge anyway, so we might as well just go ahead and surrender. When God is Lord of our life, peace always follows. The prince has principles, and I want to encourage you. I'm I'm wrapping up right here. 
And most of our stress, when we really examine our lives, this applies to me, this applies to you. Most of our stress comes from ignoring the princess principles. So I want to encourage you today to survey because the prince of peace has principles. And when you follow those principles, you gain the peace. You guys seeing what I'm doing there? It can be summed up and summarized in one principle, and that's God first. Is God first? I want to ask you all. Jesus said in Matthew 6, verse 33, this is it right here. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. In other words, you got to do what he says to do when he says to do it. Stay holy, stay righteous, keep the Sabbath holy. All of the things, the menu that we just went through. And then all these things will be given to you as well. Peace comes when I put God first in all areas. So I want to ask everybody to bow their heads in prayer. And before I get into this prayer, I want to ask you to survey your life. I don't care if you've been walking with the Lord your entire life. I don't care if you're the most mature Christian here. If you have stress, I want you to ask, am I following the principles of the Prince of Peace? What things do I need to shift and navigate in my life? Guys, I'm telling you, I did a whole bunch of rearranging when I was looking at this message this week. Even on my way here, as I started to feel some things and some stress coming at me, I went, Prince of Peace, I'm going to follow your principles. Not worrying is one of those. Some of you, that's just it right there. Bible calls worry sin. Because really, it's fear. If he's got the whole world in his hands, what are you worried about? If he's in control, what are you worried about? You go, well, I've got the credit card. Well, you've got the Prince of Peace. What about that bill that's coming? You got the Prince of Peace. What about my future? Am I headed in the wrong direction? What about the sin? Well, you can repent. That's a principle of the Prince of Peace. He'll lift every burden. You got to come to him, all you who are weary, all you who have stuff that you need to get freed from. Lay it at the feet of the cross. Repent. It's one of our core values. I mention it every week. And invite the Prince of Peace to rule and reign in your life. Your Lord of all. So, Father, we do this this morning. We repent. We repent for being stressed out and worrying. Lord, all the things that are in our life that we're not meant to do, I ask you to help us prioritize. Give us clarity in the giftings and the callings and the things that you want us to do right now. Not yesterday, not tomorrow, not worrying about the future, not worrying about the past. But Lord, right now, what is it that you want us to do? And Father, as we're on the Sabbath day, the Sunday, we just say we want to be holy and we want to keep it holy. So right where you are, I just want to give you a minute to just you and God, just whatever it is that's gotten in between you and the Lord, maybe whatever things maybe you're doing or overdoing or overworking or taking on too many burdens, could you just release it and lay it at the feet of Jesus and just take a deep breath and let it go? He never destined us to live stressed, but to live blessed and live in peace. Shalom. I declare shalom over this church this morning.
I declare shalom over every person that's watching online, every person that's listening on this podcast. I declare shalom in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for speaking to us. I thank you for every family that's here and those that are watching online and those that are listening on the podcast. And I ask for your presence and your peace this week in Jesus' name. If you believe it, can you shout amen? Amen. Guys, thank you for being here. We'll see you next week. It's going to be amazing. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it and share it on social media or jump onto our website, hopecovenant.cc and click on our giving link and help us continue to share the message of Jesus across the world. God bless you and have an awesome week.